6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Israel, we're ready, we're 
שאיפה עמוק בלב יש מגמה להתקרב להכיר בורא עולם אליך וקיים אם הייאוש אותך שובל כל כך קשה להתגבר אל תשכח השם איתך והוא תמיד עוזר גם אם יש צרה צרורה, שכוח מהכל מהר להיות רק בשמחה. לא צריך להתבייש, רק לחשוב על מה שיש, כל הזמן בכל מצב השם אותך יאהב. רק שמחה ואהבה, בורא עולם תמיד איתך, והעולם כולו Thank you. 
Zeit war Moschiach, er wird nur kommen, wenn wir vertragen sich. Jeder Einer da wint in Beten, Zeit war Moschiach, er will schon kommen, er wartet auf dir und mir.
Lots of Ari Goldwag in that first segment, huh? Oh, yes. Ari Goldwag's on Yisrael Chai of Acapella Soul 4. Amen, done by the Yeshiva Boys. Ari Goldwag's Vahafta, a.k.a. Pella with Anovim Anovim. Micha Gamerman had Rak Simcha. 
the medley done by Miami, and of course, Regesh and Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Acapella Sphere Format Thursday. Tomorrow we'll start drifting on the uh, essentially, you know, Erev Shabbos Lagba Omer show. We'll start drifting into our regular format again. But for today, a Sphere Format for this Thursday, May the 11th, day 15 in the month of ER, the year 5777. Tufshin Ayan Zion. Today is day 30 in the counting of the Omer. Four weeks and two days. Today is day number 30 in the counting of the Omer. If you got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Uh, mostly cloudy today with a high of 62. Then tonight, mostly cloudy, a low 50. Clouds tomorrow, high temperature 57. 77 in Yerushalayim, 51 here in New York City as we say good morning. At JM in the AM today, the pleasure of welcoming the president of Yeshiva University, the outgoing president of Yeshiva University, uh, President Richard Joel, uh, to our studio. Very much looking forward to our conversation. We'll have a chance to ask him about the last uh, last decade up at Yeshiva. And he'll join us coming up in the uh, 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to it. Plenty more coming up on this Thursday broadcast and uh, throughout the entire Thursday at the Nahum Siegel Network. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. My Hashem Eloikai, Veloikei Avrisai, Oideani, Lefonecho, Lefonecho. Oideani, Lefonecho, Hashem Eloikai,
J.M. in the A.M. Oh, yes. Baruch HaGever from Leif Tahar. You're the A.K.A. Pella with Bowie. Bill Vovey was Wise Studs. Gershon Roba's by Yomahu, which is a brand new single in acapella form. Uh, Moda'ani was done by the cast of Akumzits in the Rain, volume number three. Thursday morning, it's J.M. in the A.M. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Fundraising Marathon 2017 is off to a glorious start because a lot of people have already gone to our website, fjbunity.org. The Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting is the not-for-profit that's now responsible for uh, funding JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. And a lot of people in our audience have already either sent back their envelopes or have gone ahead and uh, gone to the website, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, to contribute. And we say thank you for that. We say thank you very, very much. And uh, starting Monday, we'll be thanking everybody formally. And as the week goes on, we'll really rev things up and uh, get into real fundraising marathon um, form. And um, 
our big uh, finale will be uh, a week from tomorrow on the 19th of May, that Friday morning. The following week is Yom Yerushalayim. We're in Israel. Big, big excitement as we pair up with our amazing friends that I meet to present a Yom Yerushalayim show from the balcony of Eishat Torah, which means we'll be looking at Harabayat as we do the show on Wednesday, Yom Yerushalayim, 50 years later. And that's going to be pretty cool. So we're looking forward to that, of course. And... Uh, just a whole bunch of stuff going on, which is so great. Day 30 in the counting of the Omer. Day 30. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. We're going to have a chance tomorrow to speak to Rabbi Yudin. Rabbi Yudin's out with a brand new book after he addresses us concerning the uh, double Parsha this week. Double Parsha? Oh, no, it's not a double Parsha this week. It's Parsha Zemor. After he um, goes ahead and... Uh, speaks to us about Parsha's Emor. We'll have a chance to speak with him live about the brand new book. Right, the double Parsha's next week, and I, because I mentioned to him that the double Parsha will be the Friday of the fundraising marathon. Right. So, um, Rabbi Yudin joins us at some point tomorrow, not only to discuss the Parsha, but to discuss his brand new book as well. Want to wish a mazel tov to the young Israel of Bessay Clifton and to the singers and to um, the Negnowitzkis. Uh, they are the guests of honor Sunday night at the Lagba Omer Dinner of Tribute for the Young Israel of Passaic Clifton. And special regards to Rabbi Glasser, of course, at dinner taking place in Passaic this coming Sunday night. We encourage everybody there to uh, go and enjoy and be part of the big celebration of the Young Israel of Passaic Clifton. Coming up on 7 o'clock, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the Nahum Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. I want to thank those who are commenting on our app. That's always fun to see the comments on our app. And uh, at any point during the show, you could add a comment and, uh, you know, let us know what's going on. By the way, I heard late last night as I uh, as I walked into my apartment that uh, the Brenners, Adina and Zev Brenner, is celebrating a big Mazel Tov. Uh, apparently, Lizzie Brenner is a Kala. So to the Hassan and Kala and to all the families, and especially our friends, the Brenners, we want to say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. That was a wonderful, wonderful piece of news. And uh, I got to make contact with them later on today and give them a personal Mazal Tov. Oh, yes. Golly, it's on the background. News from Israel is coming up. 51 degrees, mostly cloudy, a high of 62 trying to just see here what else I want to mention to you before we get to the top of the hour. Lagba Omer is Sunday, which means Saturday night, Avrami will be hosting Saturday Night Seagull with a complete regular format, as will Matis do on Sunday morning with JM Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Regular formats. How great is that? Galeitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday next. Boker Tov from JM. <laughs> נער בן 14 הותר בדירה בעיר לאחר שעל פי הערכות לא יצא ממנה במשך 12 שנים וכולה לא נרשם במערכת העירונית, כתובתנו קוראל יעקבי. הנער נמצא על ידי פקחים של עיריית חדרה שהגיעו למבנה בעקבות דיווח על מפגעת עבורתי. מבדיקה שערכו עלה כי הנער לא מופיע במערכת העירונית ולא יצא מביתו מאז שהיה בן שנתיים. ההורים בשנות ה-60 לחייהם עוקבו לחקירה והילד הועבר לטיפול רשויות הרווחה.
פעולות החייאה מבוצעות כעת בפעוטה שנשכחה ברכב ביישוב אבני חפץ שבשומרון. כתבתנו כרמל דנגור מעדכנת כי צוות מד"א מעניק לפעוטה טיפול רפואי במקום. מוקדם יותר הולך רגל בן 64 נהרג מפגיעת משאית בכביש 444 סמוך לצומת ג'לג'וליה. כתב אישום בגין התעללות הוגש נגד מטפלת של נערה בת 16 עם שיתוק מוחין מירושלים. כתבנו איתמר קציר. הנאשמת בת 34 מירושלים הועסקה בתור המטפלת של הנערה, הסובלת גם מעיוורון ומוגבלויות נוספות, ומרותקת לכיסא גלגלים. על פי כתב האישום המטפלת עקפה את הנערה ששכבה במיטתה חסרת אונים והתעללה בה במשך שעתיים. המשטרה עצרה שני קטינים בני 17 ממרכז הארץ בחשד שאנסו צעירה בת 18. מדווחת כתבתנו פיי גוטמן. הצעירה תושבת יהוד הגישה תלונה במשטרה בטענה ששני החשודים, איתם יש לה היכרות מוקדמת, הכריחו אותה לקיים עמם יחסי מין. המשטרה עצרה את השניים, והיום יובאו להארכת מעצרם בבית משפט השלום לנוער בתל אביב. חזית נוספת לתאגיד, יושב ראש ש"ס אריה דרעי דורש שלא להקים את משרדי גוף השידור בכניסה לשכונת הר-נוף החרדית בירושלים. כתבנו אורי איגרא. בפנייתו ליושב ראש הסיעה חבר הכנסת יואב בן צור כתב השר דרעי כי אין שום היגיון להקים את משרדי התאגיד דווקא בכניסה לשכונה חרדית ולגרום במקום לחילולי שבת המוניים בכוונת דרעי לפעול בנושא בכל הכלים העומדים לרשותו נציין כי השר דרעי בעצמו מתגורר בשכונת הר-נוף בירושלים ההצעה הפלסטינית שמטרתה למנוע את פעילות קבוצות הכדורגל מההתנחלויות לא עלתה להצבעה בקונגרס פיפא כתבנו עידן קבלר צביעות רצון היום בצהריים בהתאחדות לכדורגל ובמיוחד במשלחת בראשות יושב ראש ההתאחדות עופר עיני לקונגרס פיפא בבחריין. הקונגרס דחה את ההצעה האנטי-ישראלית, אבל ייתכן מאוד שהעניין הזה הוא רק זמני, ובסופו של דבר תיאלץ ההתאחדות להיאבק בהחלטה שוב בשנת 2018. מזג האוויר היום ירידה במידות החום, לקראת ל"ג בעומר השרב חוזר. אלה החדשות שעורכת קרן בן מרדכי. Da 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 da
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning, day 30 in the county of the Omer. Well, our, our friend Chef, <laughs> our wonderful friend Chef Beret, he says, uh, now that the Lave Baomer is on Shabbos, are we going to miss the appearance of Dr. Mark, Dr. Mark Singer, to discuss uh, some type, every year he has some type of heart message, physical heart message to tell us on Lave Baomer. Lave, of course, meaning heart. And Lave also equaling 32 the day before Lagba Omer. So I will say the following, Chef. Um, usually, I think on uh, th- in this situation, we try to get him on on Friday uh, before Lave Baomer. Uh, but this year, because Dr. Mark, I have a feeling, is going to be joining us Monday on the air because he has uh, been traditionally our, our, our official first uh, donor or pledger during our fundraiser each and every year for the last, I don't know, 30 years or so. I think we'll just do the Lave Boomer discussion then on Monday morning on Lad Boomer. How do you like that? So that's what I'm thinking. We'll see if we could pull it off that way and uh, and give him uh, some time on Monday here at JM in the AM. Mostly cloudy with a high temperature of 62. We're at 51 degrees right now. More coming up. Comes it's in the rain. Volume number three. <laughs>
Thursday morning, it's JM in the AM. Great collection of uh, acapella selections in a sphere of format Thursday, a.k.a. Pella with Cry No More and Chaverim. You heard Hoel Kenu done by the Lachaim Choir. Yehuda Solomon's Vishamru, Vali Rushalayim from Akumzitz in the Rain, and the Bub of March opened up the hour. It's a Thursday at JM in the AM, 28 minutes after the hour. The president of Yeshiva University, outgoing president uh, Richard Joel, is going to be joining us coming up. Looking forward to his visit here at JM in the AM. It's day 30 in the counting of the Omer. It's uh, four weeks and two days. Day 30 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Mazal Tov to Adina and Zev Brenner. Lizzie's engagement, we're told, yesterday. I was told this by one of my family members. I'm assuming it's uh, we're going on good information here. <laughs> to the Hassan and Kala, to both families, you want to say Mazal Tov, special Mazal Tov to Adina and Zev from all of us here. At JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmas Harav Zevin Vilsevalevi, and Zechanishmas Esther Basar Vilsevalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. The 18th day of Eir marks Lagba Omer, the 33rd day of the Omer. The day is observed as a day of rejoicing, as it commemorates the day when the Magefa, the plague among the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva ceased. It also corresponds to the date of the passing of the great Sadiq Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi was one of the greatest Tanoim of the Mishnah. In Eretz Yisrael, in Miron, tens of thousands of people gathered together at the kever of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi and his son, Rebbe Lozer. It's fascinating to note that the Gemara in Mesech the Shabbos, which tells us about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi, is found on the 33rd daf, corresponding to the day of his Yartzeit, which is the 33rd day of the Omer. The Talmud in Brochus relates that when Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi emerged from the cave where he had spent the last 12 years together with his son Rabbi Lazar, they saw people occupied with plowing and with planting their fields. For those 12 years... Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi and his son had been totally insulated from the outside world. They were immersed in Torah, 
in Avodah Hashem. They had achieved an unimaginably high and exalted spiritual level. When they rejoined the world as we know it, they found it strange and had to make certain adjustments. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai observed, You are abandoning the life of the eternal world and you are engaged in the work of the temporal world. The standard that Rabbi Shimon used to judge his own private world could not be used to judge the world at large. It is elaborated on later in the Talmud of Masech de Brachos that Rabbi Shimon's remark meant that if the people were occupied with their everyday activities of plowing and planting, when would they have time for Torah? Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi recognized that Torah is the mainstay of life. It is our primary focus in this world. The Gemara therefore expounds that when Bnei Yisrael learns L'Shem Shemayim and does the will of Hashem, then their work is done by others. Like it says in Yeshayo Novi. Foreigners will stand and tend your flocks. The sons of the stranger will be your plowmen and your vineyard workers. However, when Bnei Israel do not do the will of Hashem, then the Pasuk tells us, you will gather in your own grain. The great Sadiq Reb Shalom of Bells was once learning together with his study partner, his Chavrusa. The Chavrusa needed to refill his pipe with tobacco. In the time that it took his friend to clean the pipe, to refill it, to light it, Rav Shalom of Bells learned an entire daf gemara. He then said, If smoking is going to cause me to be mevatol ablat gemara, I'm going to quit smoking. From that day on, he never smoked again. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. <laughs> Shimin ben yechai oimei, 
Shimon, that's Ari Goldwag here on a JMAM Sphere Format Thursday. President, outgoing president of Yeshiva University, President Richard Joel is going to be joining us coming up. Looking forward to visiting, uh, or for him visiting with us here at JM in the AM. Want to thank those who've already started to give to our 2017 fundraiser. Uh, uh, this coming Monday, it begins officially. It ends on Friday. It'll be one week. And if you go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, you can donate right now and uh, toss in your support for JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. So um, we're told that there's a Mazel Tov going out in the Jewish music world. Eitan Freilach is engaged to Gabriella Steinbeck. Uh, Eitan Freilach engaged to Gabriella Steinbeck. And... Um, in their honor, as we say Mazel Tov to them, we will dedicate the Eitan Freilach Ari Goldwag Halila off of Acapella Soul, volume number three, to them. Eitan and Gabriella, 
Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM.
Zimra. Before that, Shalshalas and the Maccabees are together with the selection entitled Lamana Chai. Uh, the president of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, visiting us coming up in just a moment. He is uh, quite impressed with our New York City digs, I must say, and that makes me very happy. And we have a chance to speak with him uh, about every, all the goings on uh, around uh, Yeshiva University, etc., coming up right here at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard 
on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. He is the uh, president of Yeshiva University for a little longer, has had, in my opinion, an amazing tenure, and uh, I, as a, a YU alum, uh, I am quite proud to look back at the tenure of uh, President Richard Joel, and he's in our studio this morning visiting on a very special Thursday morning. President Richard Joel, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, incomparable Nachum Siegel. It's wonderful to be in these unbelievable offices. I, you know, your listeners don't get to see that this is like two floors and 15 offices. Nobody understands that. Yeah, they don't realize how vast it is, huh? That's correct. Now, now, now when they show up for our fundraiser next week, they're going to wonder where the other 14 rooms are. Yeah, well, my lips are sealed. <laughs> it's a, always a, a, a special personal pleasure to be with you. I greatly appreciate it. Um, so how do I refer to you as outgoing president, as to someone who's completing his tenure? What would be the appropriate way? I'm to generally an outgoing president. <laughs> You're an outgoing guy. <laughs> um, you re- refer to me as Richard. Um, no, listen, I get to be president emeritus, so uh, uh, I'm anticipating what that means. I was uh, a shul president when I was 40. Wow. And I realized after three years that the best job in the Jewish world is past president. <laughs> And certainly in universities. I mean, they always call you Mr. President. Some people will even ask you what you think. Nobody will give a darn as to what you say. And there's there's no pressure. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, the distinguished title will remain, and it'll be a pleasure. Well, the best best title is professor, is teacher. And that that I get to do. Well, I'll ask you about your future plans in a few minutes. I'm sure there are a lot of people, including myself, very curious about that. Your tenure officially ends on June the 5th. June the 5th. Who arrived at that uh, date for the end of your term? Well, it's interesting. Fourteen years ago, um, when it was uh, when, when there was the changing of the garden and, and my predecessor, Dr. Norman Lamsel Zangazunten Stark, um, was uh, leaving, uh, he said that the way to do this is to remain president through the commencements, and then after that, hand it over. Now, our fiscal year starts July 1. Um, Rabbi Berman uh, was uh, brought on, I think, the end of November, December, as president-elect. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he lives in Israel and had obligations there and went back and forth. Since March 1st, he has uh, formally been on board. He's been uh, – he also took a cue from me, and when he's here, he's living in an apartment in one of our dormitories, so he really gets to understand the university. Wow. And um, – and people thought it was appropriate for me to officiate at the last commencements, and you can't do that unless you're president. Uh, so we've had a transition where he is learning um, uh, all that he can learn, and he's, uh, uh, um, I'm sure, going through a great deal of thinking and planning as to uh, what's next in terms of Yeshiva University. And um, uh, so our commencement season ends on the 25th, with the university graduation, right. right after that is Shavuos and our uh, our gala Yarche um, Kala uh, in the Westchester Hilton, which is really extraordinary and has 850 people, and um, and I thought it was appropriate for me to finish Shavuos, make Havdalah, and then uh, quote Martin Luther King, "Free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, I'm free at last." And I say that of course tongue in cheek, um, but. Um, why not then? In other words, uh, you, you know, you could say uh, go till June 30th. There's nothing different. And in right. fact, I've been very careful and, and, and I think proper in making sure that any decisions that impact on the university going forward 
really have to be done uh, with uh, Rabbi Berman's uh, approval. So right. I've been uh, uh, kind of there in case of emergencies that are still happening on my watch, and thank God we haven't encountered that. And um, and doing some of the there's a ton of uh, of public and ritual duties that's involved, and uh, packing up the office and uh, and all that and all that. <laughs> President Richard Joel is here. Were there more? Lamb Joel conferences during transition, or more Joel Berman conferences during this transition. Conferences meaning get-togethers, meetings, discussions. Um, I think I was there. You know, I I was elected in in um, early December as president elect, and I was running the Hillel Foundation, so we were living in Washington. But we um, agreed right then that from then until June, uh, I would split my week between Washington and New York, and so there was more regularity to my presence than there was with Rabbi Berman. So also I, I had an office in what used to be a storeroom in Dr. Lamb's office uh, behind him, uh, and I was helped by his staff. And uh, so I saw him at, I saw him frequently, but we had formal uh, discussions uh, once a week uh, regularly. Um, by the way, that continued after after uh, when he became chancellor, although a little less frequently. Uh, honestly, I mean, it's not about uh, uh, knowing or coordinating. I was in his office, and uh, he was and is a very wise and thoughtful man. Uh, he was incredibly generous with me in terms of uh, of having a a, uh, a confidential relationship and saying that. Uh, he will tell me everything he thinks on the condition that I don't feel bound to agree to any of it. Mm. And was never, you know, was always supportive. Um, and um, what he gave me more than the technical details, because the structure was different. I mean, Dr. Lamb was, uh, uh, was involved uh, in uh, his scholarship and in fundraising and in uh, big policy areas. And I, I uh, had to be a, a more of the COO and the CEO. But I got perspectives from him, and I got wisdom uh, going back. He was there 27 years, uh, his view of, uh, of, of structure and professionals. And frankly, I always just got wisdom from him. He was, was, it was a pleasure. Um, I see uh, Rabbi Berman uh, um, frequently uh, at, at events and the like, and I think we, we pretty much have had a, uh, a get-together once a week since he's come on whenever he's in the States. Um, and... Uh, we talk about lots of things. He's he's very deliberate and very smart, very smart. So generally, when we meet, he has a list of uh, of an agenda of questions and information that he wants. And good strategy uh, on his part. Very much so. Right. Um, have you told him that transitions are difficult? Have you told him that, in particular, transitions at Yeshiva University can be difficult? Well, it's hard to say because they're so infrequent. <laughs> um, I don't just mean presidential <laughs> transitions. <laughs> you know, I think. Tra- we we live we live by a code and, and among the things we learn is you should be blessed in your coming and blessed in your leaving. Um, how to do that requires deliberate action and thought. Um, I I think if you lead with grace, then you leave with grace, mm. and um, and I think he has had as a as rabbi of the Jewish Center, he's uh, engaged in his own transitions. First succeeding Rabbi J J Schachter, and then. Uh, and then uh, making Aliyah and uh, transitioning. I think, you know, it's a very good question because I think that, that, that this has been, for me, um, uh, a, a healthy and good time. Uh, I think 
you know, it also depends on the circumstances of the transition. Right. I wanted to be president for 10 years, and this is the end of 14. And a few years ago, when, uh, uh, when I thought the university was uh, well-positioned to really go to the next place, I talked to the board and said, I think it's time to start, and it took them a couple of years. Um, so I'm going out feeling um, like I've done my task and finished my task, and for Rabbi Berman, I think it's very overwhelming because he's coming from Israel. Um, he has not uh, uh, done this particular type of work before. Um, so there's a learning curve. But there was a learning curve for me, and I had been you know, involved very much. He is a, he's, he is a tremendously learned guy. He's a, he's a ben yeshiva, he's a Talmud Chacham. He just completed a very impressive Ph.D. Uh, at Hebrew University with Moshe Hal Halbertal. Um, he was at yeshiva for many, many years. He taught at yeshiva. Um, and I think he has a, a great strength and a great determination and uh, an intellectual capacity. Um, and I think uh, he is doing what he should be doing in learning a lot, listening a lot, and knowing that he has to go to next. Right. President Richard Joel is here at Yeshiva University. He is president until the 5th of June. Um, when it's no secret that when you first uh, were elected as president, uh, there were those who were happy about the decision, and there were those who questioned the decision. Now, as you leave, and then there was my wife, <laughs> who didn't know what to think of the decision. She told me to do it. <laughs> now, as you leave Yeshiva University's presidency, uh, is everybody getting along? Are we generally friends with with most people, even those who may have been critics early on? Um. Look, I think, I think that the, um, like everything else in our community, there's always a wide range of what people think. Right. Uh, clearly, I was an out-of-the-box choice. There were many people who were very excited about it because they thought of my prior experience in the Jewish world and people who knew me uh, thought that it was uh, going to be uh, exciting. There were others who were properly concerned, wondering about where I stood with the Masorah, with our traditions, and... Uh, being the first rabbi who was neither a rav nor a gaon, first president, um, first president rather, right. who's not a rabbi, I think there were, and who didn't know me, I think there were legitimate concerns. I think uh, uh, they were expressed sometimes in interesting and uh, perhaps uh, less than appropriate ways. But once I started, I mean, everyone um, uh, really uh, did everything to make Yeshiva University a success because that was our common bond. I tell you now, um, I. Uh, I think I don't think it's ever been happier at Yeshiva University. I think that uh, I have been graced by wonderful relationships with our Russia Yeshiva for 14 years. Um, I think it's been a wonderful partnership. I think the faculty has uh, started out very fine and has become extraordinary. We've spent uh, a lot of our energies building up a great faculty and a great environment. And I think the university smiles. It's a total experience. Um, Having said that, um, th th there have been years not without challenge, as it's been in the in the entire world. Uh, right. Nixon wrote a book called Six Crises. I'm going to see how many mine uh, count up to. But uh, higher education has been through a cataclysm, and uh, the economy has been that way. So there and and there have been um, there are bonus shalom. God in his uh, uh, with his divine sense of humor decided to lump uh, uh, accumulated crises together. Notwithstanding that, yeshiva is stronger and wealthier, and uh, well, wealthier in terms of our endowment. Um, uh, deliciously complicated with uh, 
a huge number of students. We'd certainly love more. And what we're producing is special. It's a noble place. Yeah. So I did want to say, though, that understand that all the employees of Yeshiva University, aside from getting promotional increases or getting tenure increases, there have been no salary increases at Yeshiva University for, I think, eight years. Uh, the, uh, the benefits that we've paid employees uh, are not what they should be. And they just couldn't be because we, our first commitment was to be this critical institution for the future of the Jewish people and, and to make a real statement in terms of what education should be. Um, and we were not going to do anything to jeopardize the integrity of that product, even as we built it further. Right. And I think uh, my colleagues uh, um, paid the price. So uh, as much as we're all friends, one of my hopes is that the uh, as the economy picks up and as that our structural strategic plans are such that we're rapidly moving towards a sustainable budget, and as all of your listeners will realize that they should be supporting Yeshiva University, I think a top priority is that uh, all of the people who work for the Jewish people have to um, have their uh, morale increased by having better salaries. You talk about the, um, the uh, spirit, enthusiasm on campus. I mean, it's something that I, as a parent, uh, can vouch for. And I don't think I'm the only parent who would vouch for it. I don't think we're the only family that's, you know, bleeding while you blue, so to speak, or blue and white, I should say. Um, you know, I mean, I have I have sons uh, who every time they walk onto the campus say things like, I love this place, including a son who's a, an elementary schooler. So it's there's something about it. I don't know if it's the infectious environmental uh, enthusiasm or the spirit that just uh, you know, is is always permeating. It seems both the indoors and outdoors of the campus. There's just something about it. Well, I would say both at at the, the Wolf campus and at the Barron campus right. at all our undergraduate schools. Um, I think there's a sense of nowhere but here. It is a unique right. place. It's sui generis. What we are, Harvard can't offer. Um, and um, I would say what it really is. I use the term shlemut. Um, you know, our, our, which means wholeness, means integrity. It's a complete place. Huh? I think it's a complete right. place. And I think the education is not, certainly it's not a dual curriculum. This is Yeshiva University. I mean, the center of what we and are. And remember, you've seen millions, excuse, I mean, yes. I know ex- of college campuses. You've, you've seen, you've been, I, you've been all around the country. I've seen in, many in, of the. In professional capacities, and you're saying nowhere but here when, in regard to all. Oh, look, I, I probably know university campuses better than right. uh, anybody in the Jewish Certainly community. Certainly from a Jewish perspective. And right. uh, not just in North America, but right. around the world. And in fact, I came to Yeshiva because I thought that it was unique, and uh, I saw what its next steps I thought should be. But a lot of that was to mimic what you hope young people's lives would be and what Jewish community should be and what our society should be, which is a value-laden, noble place where you base your life on rights and responsibilities. And that gives you an enormous sense of joy and satisfaction, uh, fulfilling the blueprint that, that, that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us on, on, on Mount, Sinai, Mount Sinai. With all the conversations we've had, and we've had many, it, it, I think this is the first morning where it actually hit me. Uh, you, as a representative who have seen hundreds of campuses, who could tell us the virtues, the positive aspects of many of the college campuses, including, including the Ivy Leaguers, right? Including, and yet, you would say, and I wish people would understand how sincere you are about this, that there is no place like Yeshiva University. And, that if, and in many cases, I don't want to say all cases. I'm a parent. I know it's not all cases. But in many cases, if not most, it is truly the best place for children in our community. You know, I have two comments. One is that people don't understand unless they spend a day at Stern College or at Sims or at Yeshiva or in the Yeshiva. Um, 
but but uh, maybe it would be better if they spent the day on other college campuses first well, and then yeah, go it's to interesting because <laughs> last week I had a visit from a, uh, a a Roman Catholic priest who's one of the vice presidents at Notre Dame uh, who came to well known institution yes 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 <laughs> wrote me um, and he came on the plane because they're in and his plane because uh, they're in Indiana and right. most of their alumni are all over the country uh, not not right. right where they live, mm -hmm. which is, by the way, a concept I often dream of. Um, <laughs> not the plain part. Uh, but, uh, but Having but, your constituency but, thousands but, but, of miles away. But why did he come? He wrote me and he said, you know, institutions of values and institutions of, uh, of value-based institutions uh, have all kinds of challenges in figuring out how to make that education. I mean, part of the problem is that colleges often seem to reflect society right. instead of saying, how do we model a better way, mm. uh, a more serious way? And he said, it is renowned that Yeshiva University does this very well. I'd like to come and visit and see how you do it. So, and, and he came, he met with lots of our people, but he took a walk around campus with me. And he saw the joy I have of uh, being mayor uh, because this as is uptown, yeah. Because as we walked around, the number of incredible young people who come over and say hello uh, saw the library and how great it was. But the high point, as it usually is, is I took him into our base medrash, right. uh, and <clears throat> and he saw 650 students in one of our five bate medrash engaged in the 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 the, uh, the melodic cacophony of Jewish students at their learning. And uh, I sat him down at a table with uh, students who are in Rabbi uh, Newberger's class. And uh, I interviewed them, and I asked them why they're here and what they're doing. And uh, a question will always come up when I bring outsiders. Uh, uh, he turned to one of the students who was pr a pre-dental student. Mm -hmm. And he said, so explain to me why you spend five hours a day doing this when you're so busy and you want to go on and be a dentist. And I always you know, hold my breath and see what the answer is. And <laughs> Terrific, normal, wonderful young guy looks up and says, because this is my life, right? The notion of being able to make Torah values and the Jewish story the core of your existence and through that lens look at God's other wisdoms and saying, I have a privilege and a responsibility, right, to make a difference in the world, to have a life of meaning, uh, to, to do all kinds of things I never thought I could do, but to do it as a serious values-based person. So I did tell the vice president of Notre Dame that if he really wanted to emulate us, uh, I still have plans that uh, we use to build the Gluck base medrash and perhaps, <laughs> they perhaps in camp. Indiana if they just had a base medrash. But I say that to say this is really different. When I take people up, you know, I wish the Jews would, would come oh, and yes, visit. I uh, wish as well. Uh, but, but when I was president of Hillel, I vividly remember that a friend came up to me and said, Richard, you know, my kid was accepted at Penn and was accepted at YU which one should he go to? Mm. And, uh, and I said then, and I'd say the same thing now, I said, that's not the right question. The right question is, is Yeshiva University a match for your child? If Yeshiva University is a match for your child, Harvard can't compete. It's completely different. Last year I visited Penn. I went to see the, the Hillel building that, uh, that I helped build. Jewish wonderful, presence, yeah. wonderful for what it is, right. but you know, Look, Hillel, we built primarily for the other 90% of the Jews Correct. and wanted to have several places that would be good because every Orthodox Jew shouldn't be at Yeshiva. Mm -hmm. I think most should. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember walking down Locust Walk, which is the main, the main uh, corridor, the main drag there, 
and just looking around with my mouth open because it's beautiful and you have the Wharton School and you have the art exhibits and you have trees and grass. I mean, we're, we're right now, 185th Street, we're putting in a few trees I know. Uh, and some grass <laughs> um, uh, in, our, in our new pedestrian mall. But I looked around and wonderful young people and I said, Richard, so ask yourself, why would someone choose to be on 185th Street and not here? Mm. And frankly, the only answer is if you really believe that the basis of your existence is an immersion in Jewish history and destiny, in, in who we are and what we are, and then also want to matter in the world, succeed, um, build community, then Locust Walk has nothing to offer compared to 185th Street or Lexington Avenue. Right. And when you see the... You're right. They're joyous there because because it is a wonderful model of who they can be and what they can be. And at a time when in the United States, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a big question mark, and most Americans uh, have a hard time thinking about what we stand for except shopping, young people are hungry for values, for meaning, to know they can matter, and to know that they have to work very hard to equip themselves um, in terms of education and wisdom and values to move forward. Um, president Richard Joel is here, president of Yeshiva University until the 5th of June after 14 incredible years. Um, and all this, by the way, being said without even touching on the point of what the of what the major concentration often is on certain campuses. <laughs> certain campuses around the country, aside from the politics and aside from all of that, but certain campuses between frat life and, and partying on a daily basis. You know, it's it's amazing. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's amazing. On 99% of uh, of campuses, the question might be, you know, what party are we going tonight? That's great. And on, and on, and on the Yeshiva University campus is what time is Night Seder? You know, like it may be a... Uh, but it's true. Exactly. And, and that's nowhere but here. Right. Uh, but I also want to say on a serious on a serious note about other campuses, uh, as, as terrible as the uh, anti-Israel... Uh, activity is and that it often morphs into anti-semitism most college students on secular campuses uh, do not have that as the staple of their lives most jews right, on campus are safe that's true the the, the challenge f- from my perspective is that secular colleges are loving us to death right uh, that that the values there aren't terrible right but they're not consistent i mean the american college community believes deeply in individualism. Right. We believe in individualism and, and a strong community. Uh, it belie- uh, most believe in casual intimacy. Uh, we really believe that the individual matters and that the sanctity of, 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 of modesty is important. Uh, campuses, by definition, are opposed to any orthodoxy. Right. Now you're pushing a reset button, taste all things. There are multiple truths. We believe there's lots to explore, but it starts from a basis of commitment to our values. Correct. Even on our graduate campuses, where it's certainly it's not all Jewish and it's not all Orthodox and it's uh, and it's there's no there's no Jewish catechism. There's a pervasive sense of Jewish values. Right. There's a pervasive sense like of co- meaning, of a, meaning, of nobility. A, a core expectation. As That's well. correct. Right. That's correct. I, I must ask you a frank question about your competition. Um, Harvard. <laughs> there are competitors, whether it be Harvard or whether it be Queens, whether it be right, whether it be Queens College, whether it be other Jewish colleges. There's a lot of competition out there. I would argue that some of your competitors are doing it well. Some of them are offering, you know, a program for students, you know, properly, so to speak. I would argue that other competitors 
are doing a disservice to students in our community uh, by offering what I would call quickie degrees or online programs that have zero, and I am using the word carefully, that have zero value or worth both today and down the line compared to a degree and courses in your institution. What's your comment on that? Well, I generally don't talk about other institutions. Understood. uh, But I will say that there really is a core question as to whether education is a commodity or whether it's a gift for for life. And uh, and that goes to the, look, the major issue we have is what is is called affordability. Right. Uh, Even though uh, we're one of the less expensive private universities and we have extraordinary financial um, resources that we commit to making sure that that uh, that, that everyone uh, can come to yeshiva. The issue is affordability. I'm often asked to give speeches about the cost of being Jewish, and mm-hmm. I refuse. I said, I'm willing to talk about the cost of being, but why do we put Jewish out there as the thing that's the added cost? It should be the core cost. So why will someone not think... Of, education is not how you take courses so you can get a job. Most of your life is not formed around what your job is. Correct. And, and a real education is a life experience with an incredible network, with role models who you get to know, Correct. with endless talking about endless themes. While you are equipping yourself to be able to pursue a profession or business uh, or, or public service in a way that matters. A well-rounded experience. And in the, in the, in the context of that, why we think that when our children are 18 years old, that's over, and how can you have a quickie degree so you can get your first job, um, is, is an extraordinary problem to me. Now, by the way, online, we have to bless new technology. The oh, question 100%. is how we use it. That's why and your in institution what, is adjusting correct. properly. Right? And in what context. But my greatest frustration is that our community would spend so much money on its Jewishness and on day school education thinks that at the most critical time when young people are making their most critical friends, are modeling the communities, are thinking about what they should be thinking about, when you have something like YU and, and we make excuses about it, it's crazy. So just please come for a day. Come see it. Come live it. Talk to these students. Um, at the risk of getting off topic, but you'll appreciate this, I think. Um, somebody made the argument uh, during one of the discussions about whether collegiate athletes should be paid or not. Mm -hmm. So someone made the argument, be paid. They're being given a free education in an environment where they, because of their popularity and their expertise, are going to meet people who are likely going to not set them up for life, meaning contribute to them, but form relationships that will likely lead to their first business contacts, their initial jobs, then, of course, and building their corporations, et cetera, et cetera. And people think... That this, you know, that that's an exaggeration. I think it's 100 percent accurate. And in this case, and I could say this from personal experience on so many different levels, just being there and being in that environment, semester after semester, and maintaining relationships that were budding and then building after that, is remarkable and enhances one's life way down the road. Look, I, I tell if you're so right, and I tell people um, that if you get into Harvard Law School or Yale Law School, you should go. Right. I would tell you that the, that the education at Cardozo right. matches any in Correct. the world. It's a great place. Right. But if you get into Harvard, you go not because of the education, because, because of, the, of the network. The aftermath. Because of the network you have. Now, the truth is on an undergraduate level, for, for, for our community, 
There is no network like a YU network. Correct. 3,000 young people, undergraduates, who, who, who meet each other. And Plus are, the faculty administration. An incredible faculty. Right. Incredible. Find me another yeshiva in the world with 28 phenomenal Talmidei Chachamim, Jewish uh, religious scholars uh, who involve themselves in the lives of students. Find me the kind of career guidance and the kind of emotional guidance and the spiritual. Uh, there's much more to do, and thank God uh, Rabbi Berman is, uh, is uh, only in his mid-40s, so he'll have all the energy to do it. Typical for the start of a president of a university, correct? Mid-40s would be typical in this country or not? Yes, sure, typical. Around there. Around there 45, is typical. 50. Uh, and look, uh, um, uh, please God, I wish him uh, hundreds of years as sure. president. The average presidency tenure now is a little over five years. Because in this country? In the United States. Because not at Yeshiva University. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> the average... it will... Uh, I wish, again, I hope that Ari is, the Rabbi Berman is there for right. a long time. It is a, an extraordinarily difficult job. It has become a very... Um, John Kennedy, when he was president... But you brought down the average only slightly, in terms yes, of... Yes, only slightly. Oh, look, I, as I told you, <laughs> right. I, I, I thought it would be 10 years, right. and it's been 14. Uh, it could be more, but you know what? First of all, Esther and I say, and this is important, um, we would do this again in a nanosecond. We just don't want to do it anymore. Right, understood. And, and I'd also say that it's right. Yeshiva yeah. University needs Ari Berman. Right. Yeshiva University needs next. There is no one perfect perspective. Understood. I wanted to bring a smile to Yeshiva. I wanted to bring a sense of kedusha, of nobility, and, um, and also to be responsible for making sure that the institution would, be, would, would have its full uh, legitimacy and integrity, and I walk out excited about that. But, but these are very difficult jobs. You, you wanted to say something about JFK? Yes. So, so Kennedy um, described the presidency as a splendid misery. <laughs> and and I want you I keep that with me because both are true. But but splendid is more than an adjective. It should probably be miserable splendor. Right. Um, because the opportunity to know the next generation, to be constantly of hope, uh, to see that you as an individual can matter, that you work with people you admire, that that knowledge is kept on a high plane, but aspiration is there. It's splendid. But it is but the 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 burdens and the pressures and the and the politics and some mean spiritedness when you're just a good guy trying to do good things and I don't mean even directed at me I mean situational right. is extraordinarily hard um, and institutional and it, look I, I I gave uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo an honorary degree a year and a half ago and I I generally have some some private time with the honorees I enjoyed. I had like 15 minutes with George Bush and it was very nice and, and, and with Hillary Clinton um, uh, and lots of people. But with, uh, with Governor Cuomo, I said, you're having fun, Governor. He says, well, you know, it's hard, but, but you know, yeah, I'm having fun. I said, and do you have any private time? He said, look, Richard, we're in the same business and, and your job is very much like mine. He says, yeah, I had a day off yesterday, but like you, I spent every minute waiting for the phone to ring, <laughs> and I never knew who would be on the other end. Right. Um, and I think that's true. Uh, is it worth doing? Of course it's worth doing. You have to have an enormous amount of patience, and you have to have a best friend um, who's there for you, and you have to have wonderful people with you. I, I, I teach a course at Yeshiva and at Stern, actually at Sims, but for men and women, on, on leadership. And I have different guest speakers come. So uh, last year I had the Father Joseph McShane, who's just an extraordinary man, a Jesuit priest, who's the president of Fordham University. And we're friends. We go to 
most of the kosher restaurants in the city for, mm. for meals. And he's a wonderful priest and a wonderful man and a wonderful president. But um, I asked if we could ask personal questions after he'd make his presentation. He said, sure. I said, so, uh, so Father McShane, I said, here's a, Esther and I were talking the other day, and I said, I don't know how Joe does it. I couldn't possibly do this job uh-huh. without you and my family right. around me. Right. So I want to ask you now, how do you do it? And he started laughing. He said, it's funny. I was having that same conversation, and I said to the people around me, I don't know how Richard does it. How do you do this job <laughs> and have a family? So, so you know, the, 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 the good news is that certainly in the university world, I think, I think the, uh, uh, the public is blessed by having people who want to do these things for the right reasons. Um, uh, I, wish, um, I wish people would want to know the full story, want to have a leap of faith perhaps more than they do to give the leaders... Um, a chance to lead, to hold people right. responsible. Right, but give them a little benefit of but the doubt. But to cut a break. Right. Uh, President Richard Joel is here. I, I could do this for hours with you, as you know, but there are a couple of a couple of things I really need to discuss with you and remind the community about. You have chosen a special guest speaker and honorary degree recipient for the commencement on the 25th of May. Why was Ambassador Ron Dermer chosen for that distinction? I think he's a good guy. Um, why really? Yeah. First of all, um, this is our commencement that comes at the point of the 50th anniversary of right. the unification of Yerushalayim Mir Oh, literally Jerusalem. the next day. That's correct. Right. And we wanted to make uh, the right kind of statement. Uh, Ambassador Dermer, uh, most important, is married to a stern alum. Ah, that's great. Um, is, a, is a strong and traditional Jew. He's a fierce defender of the state of Israel. And uh, he's an example for our students of someone who says... Here I am. I want my life to make a difference. I want to be fierce in it, but I realize that my basic commitment is to the Jewish people. Um, I think he represents that. Um, I think this is not being awarded, as none of our degrees have ever been awarded for political purposes. Right. Um, I think, uh, uh, I think you know, we have a, one of his predecessors, uh, Danny Ayalon, of mm. course, is on our faculty now, uh, comes for eight weeks every year and is a gift to us as well. Uh, but Ron Dermer has, has um, really been... Uh, leapt in, uh, took responsibility, uh, and continues to advocate for the Jewish people. Uh, I think he's also a powerful speaker oh, he's and, great. And, and really represents a lot of our values. So he will be speaking on the 25th of May at the Yeshua University commencement, and he'll be an honorary degree recipient. Celie Charney has been chosen, Leon Charney's uh, widow, I guess we would say at this point. Right. Well, I would say it's Celie Charney, because Celie and Leon Charney as um, – as both philanthropists and as caring Jews and deeply committed to Israel, have always been a pair. Mm. So Tzili is getting this degree. First of all, uh, there is now a, 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 a Charney legacy at Yeshiva that has been established. Uh, Tzili is working with us to make sure that our Center for Israel Studies is stronger and stronger, and that's very special. And she's an indomitable woman and role model uh, for us all. And uh, that's why, why she's been chosen. And uh, this is look. This is also at Madison Square Garden with with our graduates and 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 families. There are five thousand people right. there. It's one of the largest gatherings of of traditional Jews, uh, certainly of modern Orthodoxy uh, in the country. It's a great celebration, and we can use that uh, to to come away feeling proud. And the presidential medallion will be awarded to Rabbi Manfred Fulda that day as well. Now, did you have him as a as a teacher? I did not. Well, then you, then you and I both missed something because <laughs> Rabbi Fulda, um, the presidential medallion is something I bestow 
uh, we don't give honorary degrees to employees of the university or to faculty. So I created the Presidential Medallion to be awarded from time to time for outstanding people. Uh, Rabbi Mayer Fulda, um, uh, talk about nowhere but here, it's no one but him, um, has been uh, a Rebbe for 55 years. Um, he is a, he, he's a survivor, but it's the wrong word. He hasn't survived, he's thrived. And, and he's now, please God, uh, a, a very much a senior citizen, and yet he teaches both at Yeshiva and at Stern wow. uh, during the week. He refuses to have a car sent for him. He goes on the subway. He walks from his home on 178th Street in and Washington Broadway Heights. in Washington Heights. <laughs> and he cares so profoundly about each and every young person and as a man of such indomitable faith and Jewish wisdom uh, that it's, it's elegant to do this. I hope some of his students walk with him once in a while, I hope. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so he will be uh, recognized with the Presidential Medallion on the, uh, on the morning of uh, the 25th of May. And we wish you congratulations on your final commencement as president at Yeshiva University. Thank you. Uh, and we should also mention, as you alluded to earlier, that starting on Tuesday, May 30th, which is Erev Shavuos, there will be another amazing Ritz Shavuos Yarchei Kala, uh, you described it earlier as 850 people gathered in one of the most remarkable uh, yuntif gatherings one can imagine with incredible speakers and rabbeim who are going to be giving shirim, of course. And, and wonderful food. And good food as well, nice accommodations. And you, and I know that this, this started a few years back, and I'm sure there was some skepticism as to whether this would be attractive, and, and it sells out almost immediately every single time. Look, in the university world, there's skepticism on Monday as to whether the next day is Tuesday. Um, this was, this. I'm very proud of this. Uh, it, it, it should have always been, but you have to think of it. And I have to tell you that it was very much the, the inspiration of Rabbi Menachem Penner, who's the dean of REITs. I claim great credit for all things that are done on my watch. Uh, and I certainly encouraged it and partnered. But this is the seventh year that we've done it. And we don't have to do serious marketing to, to, to be standing room only. It's in the Westchester Hilton. But what it really is, is sure, it's all of us together. It's people who are YU people and non-YU people. Right. It's left and right. Um, and it's constant learning, celebration, uh, conversation, sleeping, and eating. Um, and, uh, and the nice thing about it for me as president, because I'm always expected to be everywhere, is we never have only one session. It's always three sessions at a time. So I can spend most of the time sleeping in my room, and people will think I'm elsewhere. And of course you're joking when you of say Of course that. I'm joking. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm afraid I'm being less careful than I should be yes, in this, this conversation. There's a vast audience. I'm not sure everybody has <laughs> the same sense of humor we have. What is next for President Richard Joel? You mentioned teaching, which you're doing now. Will that continue? And do you have other plans uh, once June 5th arrives? You know, Someone once said to me that you shouldn't retire, you should rewire. Mm. And... Um, and Thank God, I, I, we are of a generation that hasn't been work, 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 and then you get to stop and go into God's waiting room and wait. Um, uh, for me, uh, as, a, as an only child whose father died when I was 13, the, one of the great lessons he gave me was limnosio menu kein hoda, that you have to count every day. So I've lived my life savoring. Uh, the rest of my life is for more savoring. I hope I can matter uh, to our community, um, whether I join a not-for-profit board or can mentor or coach people or if anyone wants to talk. We'll see what happens. The most important thing is not to make those plans. I have a sabbatical coming now, mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, which both uh, uh, you know, gives me a little bit of time, and uh, I will be preparing classes, and uh, I've been asked to, uh, to write a book. Uh, uh, I haven't decided yet whether it's a, a comic book or not. <laughs> 
um, but please God, about about what I care about and what I believe in. I have six children, so I know it will sell six copies. Um, uh, honestly, I want to savor time and I want to be uh, worthwhile. After a year, I will be teaching uh, at Yeshiva University uh-huh. in various of its schools um, and, um, and, and trying to, to have a full life. But I also would tell you that... Uh, uh, that the most important part of my life is Esther and our children, and as of now, eleven grandchildren. Wow! And to have to have some time to invest there. I mean, thank God we've always been, uh, we've always known what our priorities are. But this should be a great gift for me. But also, as I told you, I'm going into the hospital to have a total knee replacement. Right. So as Hope I that goes well. As I said to you, and I'm sure people will understand my sense of humor here. What a nice thing to step down as president and then go to the hospital and be on morphine for two weeks. <laughs> and it's literally happening the next day, right <laughs> That's after correct. commencement. That's correct. Um, well, I'll ask you a favor, it, it, with with the question in mind of what you'll be doing next, and and the whole list of things you just mentioned. I will ask you to include in your list. To continue to encourage people like myself and others who are trying to build and lead in our community to continue to do so. And I, I assume that just like the past 14 years, whenever you've been called upon to give a word of inspiration or to, or, or to confirm to the community that there's some good work being done out there, that you'll be more than happy to continue doing the same. You know it would be my greatest pleasure. I love being with you. Um, I, 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 I thank God I've never thought this is about me. <laughs> I do think that wherever people find fulfillment, that's where they should spend their lives. But I think we have a special responsibility. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are in a covenantal relationship with God. And whether we do it as clay kodesh, as uh, holy workers, or as lay kodesh, as, as, as sacred lay people, um, we have a responsibility to, to spread meaning and purpose. And those who choose to, to do that are not making a sacrifice, they're making an investment. And it's an investment in purpose and meaning and in Western civilization uh, growing, and it must and it will. So I'll be honored anytime I can I can add value. Greatly appreciated, by both by me and by many out there who look to you for guidance and inspiration. And finally, uh, after 14 years of hearing every kind of prediction about Yeshiva University, from the most promising to the most dire, you have heard. You have heard them all, and if you haven't heard them, I can tell you all. Of them. No, 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 no. Thank you. I've heard them. <laughs> I can tell you all of them have been said. After all these predictions, I think it is safe to say, now in the middle part of 2017, that the future is very bright, and there's no reason to think that the institution is going to do anything other than excel and continue to uh, inspire in the Jewish world. Of course it is. Of course it's always been and always will be. First of all, you know, I've helped, but God is the president of Yeshiva University and remains so. Uh, in Rabbi Berman, we have a young, dynamic, committed, uh, visionary leader who will, who will take it to the next place. And I will tell you that it is an eternal institution. It's critical not just for the Orthodox community. It's critical for the Jewish world, and it's critical for what education is supposed to mean. So of course it will. But I have to... I have to be true to my beliefs. It's not like, uh, too many people think it's like air, that you need it to live and it's free. It's not free. And, and Yeshiva University will of course always survive, but it's all of our responsibilities to invest in it right. and to make it work. But it's just, it really is a special and wonderful place. And it's been a, an honor of my life 
uh, to be able to be associated with it and to, and to continue to be. A lot of great personal highlights, huh? The book, the book, I'm sure, will include some incredible moments. Well, you... there's a book that I'll that I'll write and distribute, and there's the book that no one will see. <laughs> uh, but it's been every day has been a privilege, and with all the uh, um, the challenges that are there too, there has been something to savor in every day, and um, and the future, our future as a people, and our future. Uh, as a civilization, is bright if we if we illuminate it. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I've had the opportunity to say this trial by lamb on more than one occasion, including when I was much younger, which would be shocking to some that I was able at that age to understand how important the institution was in my life. And now I have a chance to say to you, I thank you very, very much. I am what I am and who I am because of Yeshiva University. And I've never, ever uh, shied away from proclaiming that throughout the world. So I thank you. And your son is even better. <laughs> Thank you. That's actually a great guy, as you know, because you have children. Uh-huh. That's the greatest compliment Absolutely. you can make. Look, you're a gift to the Jewish people, Nachum. And, <laughs> and the music you make is both through the song and through your own uh, special character. And, uh, and I'm honored to know you. Thank you. Don't be a stranger. The president of Yeshiva University, on the 5th of June, his tenure will come to an end. Uh, the 25th of May is the uh, final commencement under his watch of the Yeshiva University graduates, and uh, the incredible and amazing bright future of Yeshiva University is one that we will continue to follow right here every single day at JM in the AM. Oh, 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 oh,
Appropriately enough, after our amazing uh, close-to-one-hour visit with President Richard Joel, the Maccabees close out our uh, uh, sphere of format here at JM in the AM. Uh, Thursday morning, a couple of reminders. Don't forget, Monday, our uh, official fundraiser begins, Fundraising Marathon 2017, all of next week. Uh, you can go to our uh, website, or I should say the Foundation of Jewish Broadcasting, that now funds our programming, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and give now or whenever you wish. Uh, don't forget the following week, it's Yom Yerushalayim. We'll be with our friends from Amit, our friends from Amit on Yom Yerushalayim itself, Wednesday the 24th of May from the balcony of Eishat Torah overlooking Harabai at the Temple Mount, plus in addition to that amazing programming all through the week uh, from the city of Jerusalem. Looking forward to celebrating the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem in the Holy City with all of you right here at JM in the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, Charlie Harari follows next. After that, it'll be Michael Michael Fregan and Phil Goldfeder with Spin Class. After that, it's Jew in the City, Allison Josephs, and uh, Miriam L. Wallach with uh, That's Life follows at 10.30 this morning before we do a live lunch live from this studio starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Achenu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up a great Thursday morning. Plenty more tomorrow. Malcolm Honline will join us for the weekly update, 740 Eastern Time tomorrow morning. In addition to Rabbi Yudin addressing us tomorrow, he has a brand new book out. He'll join us live 
for a discussion about his brand new book coming up in the 8 o'clock hour tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.